Welcome to Come and Reason with Christian psychiatrist and author Dr. Tim Jennings. Together we will reason through complex issues to find evidence-based answers that harmonize scripture, science, and our life experiences. I'm your Come and Reason host, Charles Mills. This program is sponsored by Come and Reason Ministries. Hello, everyone. Today we discuss the topic of predestination. What does that word mean? Well, I looked it up. My dictionary tells me that predestination means, quote, the divine foreordaining of all that will happen, especially with regard to the salvation of some and not others, end quote. Okay, so some of us are predestined to live with Jesus forever, and some of us aren't. That's what it means. But is it true? Let's ask Dr. Jennings, who joins us via Skype. Dr. Jennings, help us out here. Is there any hope for those of us who may not be on the save list? It's interesting how you phrase the question, not on the save list. In order to know who's on that list, we have to answer the question of predestination. Mm -hmm. If we believe the idea that you've described predestination as God preordains who's saved and who's lost, and therefore he creates the list of the saved and he creates the list of the lost, Mm -hmm. then of course there's no hope for anybody who's on the lost list because he's created the list. If on the other hand, we actually have free will, and this is the tension, is there free will or is there predestination? If we have free will, then if we're currently on the lost list, then of course there's hope because we can make a choice to repent and open our hearts to the Lord and be moved to the save list. Mm -hmm. So it really goes down to then the question, is predestination as taught in certain segments of Christianity where God foreordains and decides for people their future and the outcome of their life, is that reality? Or is reality the free will position that God foreknows, but God does not predetermine? And there's a difference between foreknowledge and predetermination. Mm For me, it's actually quite simple and straightforward. Do we believe God is love, or do we believe God is something other than love? For instance, a sadistic monster, or a manipulative, advanced cybernetic programmer, a puppet master, a robot controller. At the end of the day, if you understand how love works, love cannot exist without freedom. It's not possible. Mm -hmm. Computers cannot be programmed to love. Robots cannot love. Hand puppets cannot love. Love requires liberty or freedom. And in our human relationships, if you try to take the freedom from another human by putting a knife to their throat and say, love me or I'll kill you, you will not get love from that. You will get rebellion. You will get the destruction of love. So in marriages where one spouse controls or dominates another one, the uh, love does not grow. Love is crushed and eventually extinguished out of that relationship. And so if we believe God is love, then predestination, um, that point alone, as it's taught in some segments of Christianity, is provably false because such a construct would make uh, this nothing more than a computer simulation in which it's all pretense and fabricated and there is no real individual choice. And it makes God a cruel puppet master because it, it means that he predetermines some to be tormented or enslaved or abused or exploited. And, and he predetermined that some would live just maybe 15 years and get killed in a car wreck in their adolescence, but they never accepted. And he predetermined they will, will now suffer for all eternity in hell. Such a construct of God is demonic, I will just tell you. It is designed to cause revulsion to any thinking human being and to rebel against the true beauty of who God is, as revealed in Jesus Christ. So 
predestination as taught with God foreordaining and foredeciding, in other words, he makes the decision, is provably false if we believe in love and believe that God is love. Now, Dr. Jennings, you use foreknowledge there. I want to ask you a question here and see if you can provide for me uh, some guidance. Near where you live, there in the Chattanooga area, is Lookout Mountain, a beautiful, beautiful place there, very evident in the Civil War. If I go to the top of Lookout Mountain and I stand just on the other side of the fence up there that's guarding us from falling off of Lookout Mountain, and I can look down into that void and I realize that if I were to jump, gravity would take over and I would go falling down Lookout Mountain and I would die there in the trees and the rocks below or the freeway, however far I went. I have foreknowledge. I have foreknowledge that that's going to kill me. That's not foreknowledge. What is that? That is understanding the laws upon which reality work and, and making a prediction based on the constancies of those laws. Okay, so God knows if I'm going to jump or not going to jump. The difference between predicting future events because you understand the laws and actually having foreknowledge, they're not the same. Uh-huh. Because you know the law of gravity, you can make a reasonably reliable prediction. You can predict that if you jump, you will fall. You can predict that. You can't predict, however, how many bones will be broken. You can't predict, however, whether you hit a a branch and that branch breaks your fall and you actually survive the fall. You can't predict if you hit a a slightly slanted slab of stone yeah. and you actually slide down yeah. and actually don't have very many but scrapes. You can't actually predict the outcome. You can predict that you will fall because the, the law of gravity is constant and when you step off, you will fall. Yeah. But the rest of it, you have no foreknowledge. Foreknowledge would actually know the actual outcome before it happens. Mm -hmm. That's what foreknowledge is. God has foreknowledge because God is the creator of all reality. He builds space, time, energy, matter, and I notice I said time. He builds and controls time. He lives outside of time. We live in a linear existence and we move through time. So to God, all points in time are equal, past, present, and future. He doesn't exist in our time stream, so to speak. That's a big concept for us to get our minds around, but that's the reality of it. Some people have a difficulty with that and they believe that because their view is if God were to have foreknowledge, then then we don't have liberty anymore. That's because they confuse causation with knowledge. God's foreknowledge doesn't cause the outcome. In fact, what informs God of the outcome is our actual choices. Mm. When we make those choices in our linear existence, at that point in the future, God is already there and he observes and knows our choice. At this point where we stand today, Charles, God already knows what choice you and I'll make in some event next year. And what informs him next year that that's what happens is when next year we make it. Okay. Uh God's foreknowledge doesn't cause it. In the same way, if you and I had a time machine and we traveled into the future and we watched the next Super Bowl and then we come back today and we know all the plays and we know who's going to fumble and who's going to intercept what the final score is, our foreknowledge of that doesn't cause it to happen. Those players Uh, have to call the plays. They have to run the plays. They still have to carry it out. Foreknowledge is not causation, and many people confuse those two. What's amazing to me, Dr. Jennings, is knowing what you just said, and that is absolutely true— God still loves us. God still works with us. God still wants us to have a better life than we have, even though he knows it's not going to come out well because he's able to travel forward in time and see what happens to us. That's love, isn't it? 
that's exactly right. And but it, it, it has to do with God's character. God is yeah. true to Himself, and yes. God is love. Yes. And so some people then take texts in the Bible like God hardened Pharaoh's heart, and they will use that text as an evidence of, um, you know, God hardens who He wants to harden, and He's and He and He softens who He wants to soften, and so forth. If you actually look in Scripture, you'll discover that the Scripture says three different ways, three different times how Pharaoh's heart was hardened. It says God hardened Pharaoh's heart three times. It says neutrally Pharaoh's heart was hardened three times. Mm -hmm. And it says three times that Pharaoh hardened his own heart. Mm -hmm. Pharaoh hardened his heart three times. Okay. And so when I read those various texts to people, I say, no, which is the inspired text? They're all in Exodus. Okay. Well, they're all inspired. Well, how can they all be true? They're all true because of design law, how reality works. How does a heart actually become hard? And here's how a heart becomes hard. God is the source of all truth. When truth is presented to your mind or my mind, we are then left free to decide, will we accept the truth or will we reject it? Mm. What happens to a heart that understands truth but rejects it? The heart is hardened. Mm -hmm. So God hardened Pharaoh's heart by presenting truth to Pharaoh over and over again with the 10 plagues against 10 different gods of Egypt, exposing all of them as false and nothing but wood and stone and so forth. And he was convicted and he gave in only to turn around and harden his heart. So God hardened his heart. His heart would not have been as hardened had he never been presented with those truths to make a decision on. But he made the choice to reject the truth, and so it was his choice that caused the heart to harden, Mm. and so he hardened his own heart. And so this is how we understand how reality works. God foreknew it was going to be this, and you say, well, if he foreknew it, and he knew that he would reject it, and he knew his heart would get harder by presenting these truths, why would he do that to Pharaoh? Why would he present him these truths knowing that he was going to hide? He predestined it, didn't he? Well, understanding the sin condition since Adam, we're born in sin, conceived in iniquity. Mm What is the natural state? We're born with a condition that without Christ and without coming to God, we will die in sin. We are dead in trespass and sin. Mm -hmm. So Pharaoh's base or starting position is he is in a state of sin that needs salvation. What's the only chance for Pharaoh's salvation? To have the truth presented to him. And so God knew he would reject it. But God still would give him every opportunity to accept it, which requires a God of love to present the truth in the most winsome way possible to convict him that, in fact, it's true, but then leave him free to accept it or reject it. So God presented it, not wanting him to harden his heart, wanting him to accept it, but still knew he would reject it, but still presented it because the only means whereby God could save him. What a loving God. Oh, my, that is amazing. Dr. Dings, we have three minutes left. Your message here on predestination, some people are afraid of it. How should we feel? What should be our attitude toward this whole concept of predestination? Well, let me take one other Bible text, yes. and it's Romans chapter 8, 29, and 30. It says, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son, so that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he justified. And those he justified, he glorified. And people will say, oh, there it is. He foreknew, and therefore he called, he justified, and he glorified. You have to deal with that. Well, of course we do. What is life eternal according to Scripture? John 17, 3, this is life eternal, that they might 
No God? No you. Uh The only true God and Jesus Christ and thou sent. When Adam knew his wife Eve, she conceived and gave a son. In Bible, no is not know about. It's not cognitive. Bible knowledge is an intimate connection with. And so when it says those who God for new, because God lives outside of time. He knows at all points in time in our future, he already has intimacy with every person who chooses to open their heart with him. And then he has intimacy and all those he knows in that way and know him, then he has predetermined all who will open their heart to me and allow me in. We will have knowledge of each other and I will heal and restore them. This has nothing to do with God predetermining who will be saved, but God predetermining that he will save all who choose to know him. Well, Dr. Jennings, this has been a wonderful discussion and I have learned a lot. And listener, I hope you have as well. If you want to continue your journey of discovery, listener, we have a website. Dr. Jennings and his team has made it available for you, comeandreason.com. In that, you will find Dr. Jennings' marvelous books, The Aging Brain, Could It Be This Simple, The God-Shaped Brain, The God-Shaped Heart. Also, a paraphrase of the Psalms and some of the other books of the Bible called The Remedy is there, sharing tracks that you can share with other people, just short little pithy, to-the-point tracks that you can let someone know what you're learning and, and how God is so much in love with us and how, what he's doing to save us. And also Bible studies. If you want to have a, a weekly dose of Bible studies, Dr. Jennings has made that available as well. Bible studies that he holds in various places. And they're all there for us to learn the truth, to know God. And I love the fact that these are available to us all and they will make a big difference in our lives. Comeandreason.com. Again, Dr. Jennings, thank you so much for sharing with us today. Appreciate it. Thank you, Charles. And listener, until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Dr. Tim Jennings wishing you God's presence in your life. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for spending time with us today. To continue the journey, I urge you to visit comeandreason.com. Here you'll find many excellent resources to help you gain a deeper understanding of the God we all love and serve. That's at comeandreason.com. This is Charles Mills, along with Dr. Tim Jennings, inviting you to join us the next time we come and reason together. <music>